Welcome back to our High Five, where we're gonna highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, we're celebrating Evelyn and what God is doing in her life. She attended our Concord Outpost this past Sunday and in worshiping God that day, she responded in baptism. Today, this kingdom size high five goes out to you, Evelyn. In at number four, if you want to find freedom and enjoy peace with your finances, Financial Peace University is for you. It begins September 27th online, so if you want to learn more about financial peace, check out church.one groups. This class usually fills up fast, so secure your spot today. Here at number three, Rooted kicked off this week and groups are having a blast getting to know each other. Here's to all those in Rooted right now. We're praying for you as you grow towards God together. In at number two, it's finally here. Shiloh Battles, the book, the album, and the video was released this past week. This is an experience unlike any other we've created before. So visit shilohbattles.com and let's share this with our ones. The story and songs will take you on a journey well worth it. And finally, up at number one, over the past two weeks, our Bedford Outpost has experienced 18 baptisms. This high five goes out to Tanya, Eric, Madison, Kendall, Peyton, Marie, Kyle, Kirsten, Jace, Diane, Paula, Natalie, Adam, Karen, Angel, Peyton, Finn, and Steve. We're so excited for how God is moving in and through you. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. Jesus is the vine. Yes. We are the branches. Love is the fruit. Jesus, he is the vine. We are the branches. And love is the fruit. Jesus, he's the vine. We, what are we? We're the branches, and love is the fruit. All right, say it with me one more time. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Love is the fruit. We are called to love. We are called to love people. <clears throat> and sometimes when you hear love, particularly like we, we hear it in the church sometimes, like we're called to love, and sometimes I think our view of love is, can sometimes be soft. When you and I both know loving's hard, Loving is hard because people are hard, right? People are difficult. And there's probably someone in your life right now or a group of people, maybe they're at work or they're at your school and you are struggling to love them. And you're like, well, I like them. Or you're like, well, I can maintain them. And, and what Jesus is actually calling us to is like, he's saying, no, in, in John chapter 13, John chapter 14, he says, what I'm actually calling you to, if you want to follow me, it's to love people like I love people. And all of a sudden you're like, well, that is a high bar because the type of love of Jesus is, man, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to make myself less. I'm not going to choose to be served or have my way met. I'm going to meet your way first and foremost. And sometimes you're like, well, how is that even going to happen? And what Jesus will say is in John chapter 15, which is where we'll be today, Jesus is saying, well, I am the vine, you are the branches, and love is the fruit. And so what do you got to do? You got to stay connected to Jesus. If Jesus is the vine, the vine of a of a plant or of a tree, man, that's where the nourishment comes from. And the branches, the branches, they're just connected and the fruit comes from the branches. And Jesus is like, stay, 
stay connected to me. I can't tell you anything, any, any better thing from a stage than to stay connected to Jesus. Stay connected to him. We're in a, we're in a series called Hi, My Name Is, and um, we're, we're looking at these moments in John where Jesus will say, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. And he, he, he's doing something kind of cool here. He's actually referencing something back in Exodus when God will tell a man named Moses his name. In Exodus, God will tell, tell a man named Moses, Moses, I, you're, I, I want to do some crazy stuff through you. And I think, I think God would say that to you, too. It's like, I want to do some crazy stuff through you. And you're like, well, what is that crazy stuff? Well, whatever is right in front of you, he might be saying, well, I want you to be like me in that situation. And it's like, I'm going to put some stuff in front of you. And Moses is like you and like me. He's like, well, how in the world am I going to do that? And what God will say is like, I want you to stay close to me. I want you to know that it's not by your strength. It's not by your wisdom. It's not by your great mouth, Moses, because Moses is like, I, I stutter. How, how can I even say anything? And God's like, well, I want you to know that I am your strength. I am your Root, I am your anchor. I am the vine. And so our memory verse comes from Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. It's going to be up on the screen. And it's this moment when God tells Moses his name. And by telling Moses his name and it's written down, it's like, man, we learn the name of God too. And this is what he says. We're going to say it together. We all say it together with me. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God tells Moses, well, I am will be with you. I am the one who is and the one who always will be. The great one is with you. And I will say that he is with you now. And he's calling you into things. And you're like, well, what is the calling of God on my life? I can tell you God's calling on your life. Like we spend sometimes like young people in the room, you're like, I don't know the calling on my life. And I get it. I understand. Like, where are you going to go to college and stuff like that? But there is a very clear calling on your life. And that is to love people. And it's not the, the soft love of people. It's to, to love people like Jesus loved people. And we don't always do that well. And so Jesus will come and he'll say, he'll say something like this in John chapter 15. He'll say, here's, here's the first thought. Jesus is the true vine. Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine. In fact, let's read it. John chapter 15, um, verses 1 through 4. This is what Jesus says. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every, fruit that do, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now you, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to remain in me. I want you to stay connected to me. Jesus knows that he's going to be going away and he's telling, he's like, like, I want you to stay connected to me. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself because you've tried that. You've tried to love people by yourself. You've tried to forgive people by your own strength. You've tried to be gracious when you didn't want to be gracious and, and it doesn't always work. And so Jesus says, um, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must stay connected to the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. As I was reading that, there's something that kind of stood out to me. Sometimes you got to stop and like, what's, what's going on here? Jesus will say something like, he says, I am the true vine. I'm like, why, why did he say true vine? Why not just, I am the vine? Well, if you read like back in the Old Testament, God will often talk about the people of Israel, his people as a vine. Well, that's interesting. In fact, there's this part in Isaiah chapter five where it'll say this. It's like, I want to tell a story about a gardener, this is Isaiah talking. He says he found a vine and he, he cleared everything around it. Any of you plant gardens? He's like, he cleared everything around it and he got the soil just right and just perfect. 
And he built a little stone wall to try to keep the, to keep the animals away. And it says he built a watchtower. It's like he's watching. And he says one day he went to see the vine to see if it was producing any fruit. And he's excited. You ever been excited? Remember at school when you had the little styrofoam cup and you put a little seed in it? Anybody remember this? And you remember as a kid, you're like going in every day to like, to like your third grade class. You're like, I wonder if there's anything sprouting. And as Isaiah is like, God has a vine and the vine is his people, Israel. And, and he's wanting fruit from his people. And, and, and he makes everything right so that they can bear fruit. And he goes in Isaiah chapter five and he looks and he says, there's no, there's no fruit. It's like, what happened? He's like, I made you, I created you to impact the world. You get caught in you and you get caught in other things. And we as human beings, if you're trying to love on your own, how's that going, right? If you're trying to forgive on your own, like how's that going? And you're like, well, I forgive some people. What about the people you haven't forgiven? I don't mean to sound that so harsh, but it's... I'm saying I, I came to look for fruit and there wasn't any fruit. Now all of a sudden you come to John chapter 15 and Jesus says this, I am the true vine. In other words, God is about to produce some real fruit through me. And if love is the fruit, the gardener's always looking for fruit. This is what Jesus says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. And the, the gardener cares about, cares about fruit. And if, if the fruit is, is love, then he's looking for, okay, well, what does love look like? And Jesus is saying, if you look to me, you will see what love looks like. And John 13 and 14 and coming into 15. And as you read past 15, you'll start to see what real love looks like. The true vine gets a crown of thorns put around his head. The true vine is willing because of, as John will say in John chapter 3, for God so loved, for God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world as the true vine so that anyone who's willing to, to embrace the love that God has for them, and I would say that for you right now, so that anyone who believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener, and now if you're following me, I want you to stay connected to me, because if you're connected to me, I can bear fruit through you. Well, that's what I would say to you today. You can go the route of trying to produce a lot of things on your own, and some of us do that. We go through seasons where we're like, I'm just going to be a very loving person to everybody that I see, to my family, to my friends, and then, and then you mess up, right? Any mess, anybody mess up? And you're like, I don't, know if I, have the, I don't know if I have the capacity or the strength. And so this is what Jesus says. Well, you're doing it wrong. You see, what I want you to do is I want you to stay connected to me. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches, and love is the fruit. And so what Jesus tells his disciples, as he's aware that he's going to be going away, he's saying, I want you to stay connected to me. And so there's, it's almost like a diagnostic tool. Like, like I'm not seeing fruit in my life, or I'm struggling to find love in my life, or I'm, I'm struggling in this relational thing that I'm going through. And kind of a good check is, well, am I connected? Am I rooted in the vine? Am I connected to the vine? Because that's where the source comes from. He goes on to say this other thing that we don't like. like, like well, we don't like the implications of it. He says, um, he says you're going to endure pruning because the Father wants more fruit in the world. And 
There's things in me that need cut away. There's probably parts of my personality and parts of you that needs cut away. And I mean, it can, it can take so many different shapes of what that cutting away looks like. Like, I, I, you know, we, you, might, you might have fears in your life. And God's saying, well, I want you to know that I am faithful regardless of your fears. And so maybe I'm working to cut that away. Maybe there's, there's things of depression or maybe there's addiction there. And God's saying, I, 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 I want to whittle that away. Or maybe your trust is in, in money or health or, I mean, you fill in the blank or wealth or all of these other things. And God is saying, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prune that away so that you can actually let my love flow purely through you. And none of us like pruning. None of us want to be pruned. And maybe you're going through a season of pruning and you're like, I don't like this one bit. God, I don't know why I'm feeling like this. God, I don't know where you are in the midst of it. And God is saying, Jesus is saying, well, stay connected to me and you're going to go through some painful stuff and I'm going to be your comfort and that comfort can be used to comfort others. And so I can do something with this, but you got you to know that the Father cares about fruit. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And I'll go on to say that apart from him, we can't really do much. He doesn't even say that. He gets a little more extreme than that. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That there's always something in the image of God inside us that, in which goodness comes out of us. This is what it goes on to say. He says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. I'm the vine. Stay connected to me. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you. Listen to this promise because sometimes we struggle with this promise. Like you're like, well, who am I? Or like, what do I have? And, and again, maybe you're young in the room. Maybe you're old in the room. Maybe you're, we, we're all in the room. Like we all have our ups and downs in the room. But this is the promise that Jesus has. He says, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. You ever question that? You ever like, I'm not sure how fruitful my life is. You ever like, I'm not sure, and, and yet there's this promise of Jesus that says, no, here's what you do. You stay connected to me. If I am the vine and you are the branch, and I can flow through you, and so stay in me. And if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Like, what does that have to say in our marriages? If I remain in Jesus, you will bear much fruit. What does that say about parenting? If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. What does that mean in school tomorrow? If you remain in me, you will bear... What does it mean at work tomorrow? If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Sometimes we struggle like, oh man, I don't know if my life is being very productive or I don't know if I'm being very fruitful. And you can just lean into the promise of Jesus. It's like, no, stay connected to me. You don't have to do any grand thing. Just stay connected to me and I can tell you your life will bear fruit. Jesus keeps saying stuff like this. He'll say like, you are the salt of the earth. And you're like, I don't, you're the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Well, how? By my power working through you. I was reading. Um, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and they're burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. This is what glorifies my Father, that you bear much fruit. And when you bear much fruit, you show yourselves to be my disciples. I'm the vine. You are the branches. You got to stay connected. When I was a kid, me and my brother used to play in my Aunt Char's basement. And we played football, and it was allowed. It was kind of like a grandma to us. I don't know if you're always allowed to play in football in houses, but Aunt Char let us play in her basement. But she had this little orange tree, and she loved it. 
She loved it. Like we watched her take care of it. And you know, you know, you're excited. It never grew like a full orange. It's just those little, little dinky oranges things. I don't know if you have one, but, um, but she'd, she'd go and she'd watch it. Say, hey, you guys see my oranges? And really, really, yeah, I like the oranges. And uh, one day, I can't remember if it was me or my brother, but the football got thrown and I'm sure it was like this immaculate reception. And, and uh, we ran right into Aunt Char's little orange tree. Like, potted in her basement and some of the branches and I think all of the oranges fell off and I don't know how old we are eight six six and eight years old we're trying to figure out like what do we do here and we came up with the only reasonable solution that was possible and that is we found scotch tape <laughs> and we got the scotch tape and we started to tape on the branches and we started to tape on the oranges and it worked for about a week, but it worked. And then one day we get this phone call and Aunt Shara's like, she's like, again, like she was like a grandma to us. And she's like, hey, do you guys know how scotch tape got on my orange trees branches and, and oranges? And like, we, we, we had to, to own up to it. But I thought about, I thought about when something gets, dis I mean, you and I both know the truth. I'm not sure that thing's making any more oranges because it wasn't connected. Jesus is saying, I'm the vine and you are the branches, but if you get disconnected from me, so what does religion do sometimes? Religion tends to tape on fruit. And what I mean by that is like sometimes we try to look the part. Oh, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous to, to try to look the part because we can be pretty good at it, right? We, that scotch tape is rather invisible. Like it's, it can be transparent and like you, like, like you tape on the branches. And, and, and here's what I think sometimes we can do from a religious perspective is like we can put on a good show. We can go to the right places at the right times and we can wear the right clothes and say the right things or not say the wrong things. And for a long time, it can look like we've got some oranges. But what Jesus is saying is, no, what the Father is really looking for in our lives is not what we present to the world visually. What Jesus is looking for his disciples to do is stay so rooted in him, so connected to him. And I don't know, I gotta be careful how I say this, that without any real work because you can very quickly become works-based. You can say, oh, I just got to start producing a lot of fruit. But, but simply by knowing Jesus and walking with Jesus and following Jesus and listening to Jesus, Jesus will make this promise that fruit will come out of your life and it will be produced in the lives of the people around you. So Jesus says, I want you to remain in me. You can't produce fruit by yourself and, and, and taped on religion isn't going to solve it either. He's what it really looks like, is walking with me. And he goes on to say this, this. This is what shows you as my disciples is when you're loving like I love. This is what glorifies God is that he comes to the garden of his people and he comes to the, the, the branch of our life and, and people see the fruit of our lives. For a long time, there's always been this image in my mind of, of the church and it takes different forms but I think about it in terms of a tree it's like 
we gather here united in the vine or the, the trunk of the tree, but when we leave this place, man, these branches go everywhere. Like the branch goes into your home, like because you're in your home. And so, so, so the, the love of Jesus can produce fruit in the home and the branch goes to your job and the branch goes to your school. And all of a sudden, like the, the beauty of the church is like beyond this moment. It's like we are, we are now, we have our, our, our fingers and that sounds like, I don't know, but like we have our branches, like we have it in, in all of these different places. And so as the church stays connected to the vine, all of a sudden we can have fruit production at school and fruit production at work and fruit production in all of these places. And you're like, well, what is the fruit production? Well, the fruit production is love. And so this is what Jesus goes on to say. Love is the fruit. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, I want you to remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you all this so that you, that you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Hold on to that verse for a second, because listen to what Jesus is saying. He says, I'm telling you this so that my joy might be in you and so that your joy might be complete. Are any of you, do any of you feel like incomplete in your joy? Or, or people that you know, you're like, I can't just find joy in this world. There's ups and downs, there's highs and lows, and there's all of this emotional stuff. What Jesus is saying is, I can tell you where joy is found. Joy is found in being connected to the vine. The vine, like we are the branches, and fruit, which is love being produced for our lives. He says, I'm telling you this. So that you can find what real joy looks like in this world. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Well, what does that love look like, Jesus? Well, greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. And then he says this, you are my friends. God says to his followers, you are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master's up to. But instead, I have called you my friends for everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. That is a beautiful phrase, by the way. You didn't choose me, but I chose you so that you might go and bear fruit. What's your calling? What's your purpose? Your purpose is to bear fruit. What's the fruit? The fruit is the love of God working through you in the lives of others. What does that love look like? It looks like self-sacrifice. It looks like looking like Jesus tomorrow. Not tomorrow. It looks like looking like Jesus today. Like Fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in, my, in the name of the Father, he will give you. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. As Jesus will say, remain. And so the Father cares about fruit. I walk away from John chapter 15 saying God cares about fruit. He wants, he wants fruit production in our lives. You're like, okay, well, I want to bear fruit. And my guess is you in your life and in your marriage and in your home and in your school, you want to bear fruit and that fruit is love. Okay, well, how do I do that? And Jesus will say, well, here's how you do it. You remain in me. And you're like, well, how do I remain in you? And he says, well, you remain in me if you follow my commands. And you're like, well, what are your commands? And his command is this. He says, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. And you're like, okay, this is what it looks like. How do I remain close to the vine? It's, I love So what does love look like? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the church at Corinth, 
There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the Church of Corinth. There's a lot of um, miraculous stuff. There's a lot of spiritual stuff going on in the Church of Corinth. It's the city um, that Paul had written to, you know, as he's writing scriptures. And there's some crazy stuff happening. There's some miraculous things happening. There's some words of prophecy. There's tongues. There's all of this stuff happening. And, and, and when all that stuff happens, you go, oh, something's happening here. But if you, had, if you know anything else about Corinth, it's like, man, they were also screwed up. And they're all bragging about all the stuff they can do and all the stuff that's happening. And, and they're people, and people are a mess, and Corinth is no different, and they're a, they're a mess, and so they're comparing fruit. And Paul will write to them, and he'll some, say something that on the surface, when you hear it at a wedding, doesn't sound all that striking, but... When you really hear what Paul is saying, he's saying, Paul, that fruit is, is nothing. If love isn't there. You can give everything that you have to the poor, and if it's not done out of love, it's just fruit tacked on, and it's, it doesn't mean much. You can have the gift of prophecy, and you can speak the tongues of angels, but if, if you're not loving people, they're like, it doesn't even matter. And then he'll move into the section in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and he'll start to tell us, well, this is what love is. Because what does love really look like? Like, what, what does love look like? And you can read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and you can hear. If you read through it, and I've challenged you to read through it, you'll start to realize that Paul is really trying to help them understand what Jesus' type of love looks like, what the fruit really looks like. And so love, love, he will say, is love is patient. Like, how am I doing on that? Like, and you're like, well, I don't have patience. Well, the vine does. And if you're attached to the vine, well, then you are patient. You just aren't, you haven't quite figured it out yet. <laughs> you're like, love is patient. Love is kind. You're like, well, I don't always feel kind to people. And I could say, well, Jesus, if he is your source, he can actually be kind to people through you. Love is humble. Paul will say it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not dishonest, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. Like real love has nothing to prove. Real love has a humility to it. What is real love? Real love is, is gentle. Real love, it's, it's not easily angered. Any of you got a, any of you got a short fuse? Like, man, whenever I got a short fuse, it's, I'm a, I'm a rogue stick out there. <laughs> and Jesus is saying, come back to me. Like, stay connected back to, come back to the vine. I can be gentle through you, forgiving. Man, he'll say this. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Any of you got a list? <laughs> Any of you on someone's list? Like a, it's like, burn the list. Love is forgiving. Love keeps no record of wrong. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Love is the fruit, and that fruit looks like forgiveness. Love is honest. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. But we'll go on to read the, the, the end of that section. gets really beautiful. It, it, it goes on to say that love is unfailing. It says it always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. And what you can know about love is that love will never fail. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Love is the fruit. I don't take it lightly that Jesus is going away. And he knows that he's going away in John chapter 15, and he's in control in the midst of going away. 
But he also knows that in his physical absence, we can kind of start to spin and not really know what's going on or what to do in our lives. And so Jesus will give us this clear call. Stay rooted in me. Stay rooted in him. You're like, well, how do I do that? Well, I obey his commands. And his command is simple and it's actually a blessing. It's to love other people. So we have this prayer at one church where we say, Lord, please give me one person to share your love with. In fact, will you all say that with me? Lord, please give me one person to share your love with. I trust that God will... God will, in a very real way, let his love flow through you to that person if you're willing and if you're connected to him. What does love look like? I mean, love looks like this moment. We do it every Sunday intentionally. It's like, because we can, we can get distracted from what real love looks like and we can be angry and we can be unforgiving and, and Jesus will say, you know, with his betrayer there and his people who will, scatter and flee from me. He's like, no, this is my life given for you. And whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Because you get to see what love looks like as I give my life for you. So we take to our king. Then he took the juice. He says, this is my blood poured out for you. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. We take to the king. Would you all stand with me? Maybe over the past week or the past month, past year or decade, you felt disconnected. Something just didn't feel right. Something has felt off. And Can I tell you that you were loved by God in the midst of that? But also the, the invitation is to, to come to the vine, to know that he is the source. And as much as you try to be the source, man, that's just failure every day to let him be your source. If there's a way that we as a church could be praying for you, I'll be down here in front. Dan will be over here. We'd love to pray with you, whatever that might be, whatever, whatever lack of love might be there, whatever unforgiveness might be there, whatever bitterness or fears or whatever. I mean, you just fill in the blank. Or maybe today's the day where you're like, no, I, I want to receive the love of Jesus in my life. But I want to be eternally rooted to the vine. That God sent his son for me and that he's not against me and that he's inviting me to himself. And baptism is this beautiful moment where we get to give our life to him and say, God, I'm yours. And there's no reason to wait. There's no reason to delay. There's, man, if he's for you, there's nothing good to stand against you. And so if that's how God is so stirring you today, there's the opportunity for baptism. We all pray with me. Lord, I think about every, every arm, every branch that's in this room right now. And every place that your church gets to spread out, not just in Concord, but in Manchester and Bedford and Vermont. And Lord, your church beyond one church, the, every follower of Jesus, Lord, a, a beautiful vine, beautiful branches stretching out all over this world. 
Father, may you find fruit in your church. May we endure the pruning that we need to go through so that more fruit can be produced. And Father, from the broad to the small, Lord, may you, may you show us where in our homes and where at our jobs and where at our schools that you've got us there for a reason and you're calling us there for a purpose. And so may your church be this picture of love to them. In your name we pray. Amen.
thank you. Listen, as you go through your week, let's remember that no matter what you hear in the world filled with hate, difficulty, and challenges, that our God remains the same, unchanging, unshakable. And that's because he is the vine, we are the branches, and love is the fruit. Amen? So God bless you. We encourage you to share that love with someone this week. Have a great week.